0: example in the Old Testament, because the the Old Testament is given to us, the Bible teaches us as examples, and so we can look at them and see how they prayed and and the results of their prayer. Um, So this is a prayer that the children of Israel prayed outside of the will of God, and look at the result. Numbers chapter 11 verse 4 to 10, the scripture says, Now the mixed multitude who were among them yielded to intense craving." So the children of Israel also wept again and said, Who will give us meat to eat? Verse 10. Then Moses heard the people weeping throughout their families, everyone at the door of his tent, and the anger of the Lord was greatly aroused. Moses was also displeased. And then Psalm 106, verse 13 to 15. Well, let's just stay with that passage of Scripture firstly. So we see that the children of Israel are given into intense craving. Now, this is their fleshly desires. They want meat. God had been feeding them with manna, and they got tired of it. They just didn't want any manna anymore. Now they wanted meat. And so the Bible says, you know, they wept and cried for this meat that they wanted. And God got angry with them. Moses also got angry with them. Because this was, you know, God has said, "I'll provide you with food," and the, the food He provided them was with manna, and that was meant to be to sustain them, and that was fine. That God is God was saying, "Guys, this is what you need, and you got enough. Now leave it alone." But no, they wanted meat, and they cried out for meat. They gave it to intense craving. They wanted meat, and they complained and moaned and, and griped about it all the time. God eventually got angry with them. And look at how God answers that prayer, because he did eventually answer that prayer. Now, James says, you have not, you, you have asked, you have not because you ask a miss that you may spend it on your pleasures. And so God will not give us an answer, answer to those prayers. But if we continually cry out to God, it may be that God says, okay, I'll give it to you. But look, and this is what happened to the children of Israel. God said, okay, I'm going to give you. You want meat? You crying out for meat? I'll give you meat. But look at the result. Psalm 106, verse 13 and 15, the scripture says, They soon forgot his works. They did not wait for his counsel, but lusted exceedingly in the wilderness and tested God in the desert. And he gave them their request, but sent leanness into their souls. And so God said, "Okay, you're not happy with what I've given you. You're insisting that you want meat. My man is not good enough for you. I'll give you meat, and He did. If you go read the account, He really poured it in there. I mean, the quail flew; they they were just inundated with quail all over the place. They had more meat than they knew what to do with. But at the same time, the Bible says that God destroyed the stoutest to stop them, as they guys were eating the meat. So God, His anger broke out against them, and a lot of them were killed." But look what he says in this passage of scripture, verse fifteen. And he gave them their request, but sent leanness into their soul. And so their fleshly desires were granted, but their their spiritual um, life took a huge hit because they God sent leanness into their souls. What that means is is that God withdrew the. He did not allow that generation into the fellowship that he had ordained for them with himself, the fellowship with himself. And so that whole generation, you go read the account in Hebrews 11. God destroyed them. Uh, He did not, he swore in his wrath, he would not allow them to enter into his rest. All of that generation are in hell today, they're not in heaven. Um, Because of these kind of cravings that they had, they were just, look, I mean, there's a lot more stuff that they did, but this is one of the issues. And so God gave them their request, their intense craving, their crying out for meat. But what He did then, He said, lead us into their souls. And so they lost out spiritually. They gained in the physical, but they lost out in the spiritual. And so we must be careful about these types of prayers, because you know Christians can and do get it before God, and they want what they want, they want what they want, even though it's outside the will of God for their lives. Eventually it might be that God will answer that prayer and give it to you, but you might also get something else that you didn't expect, like the children of Israel. They got the leanness in their souls that went along with it. So we need to be guarded along this line. And the way that we do that is we just go to the Word of God, find out what God has to say on the subject. And then when we petition our Father in the name of Jesus, well now we're on sure solid ground. We're not praying outside of the Word of God. Because as I say, it can be that God will answer that prayer, but there will be a consequence that goes with it, and it might be a consequence that you didn't expect and you didn't want. So that's praying now outside of the promises of God. The other area we wanted to touch on today about the prayer of faith is that this particular prayer is limited in its influence. So what do I mean by that? Well, let's have a look at a passage of scripture um, and that will then give us a bit of understanding of what I'm trying to get across here. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13 to 16. The scripture says, We, however, will not boast beyond measure, but within the limits of the sphere which God appointed us, a sphere which especially includes you. For we we are not overextending ourselves as though our authority did not extend to you. For it was to you that we came with the gospel of Christ, not boasting of things beyond measure, that is, in other men's labours, but having hope that as your faith is increased, we shall be greatly enlarged by you in our sphere, to preach the gospel in the regions beyond you, and not to boast in another man's sphere of accomplishment. And so, in this passage of Scripture, the Apostle Paul is just teaching us the concept about the fact that we each one of us have a sphere of influence that god has given to us and our authority extends to that sphere of influence now in paul's case here he was talking about his ministry and he was saying my authority in the ministry extends to you guys the church at Corinth, because you're my work in the lord i planted that church my sphere does not, my authority doesn't extend into another man's uh, churches that he's planted because they're not falling within my sphere. And so, Paul is very clearly teaching us that you know, certain ministry gifts have authority to a point, if, depending on which churches God has placed them over. A pastor has authority in his church, he doesn't have authority in another pastor's church, if I'm say. Now that concept also gets brought across into our own personal lives we have our own spheres of authority appointed to us by God as well. And so we cannot exercise authority in another man's life. So in other words, I cannot pray the prayer of faith for somebody else. Because, and you know, I'm going to believe that God, that God will just give them, for argument's sake, a house. Uh, now, they don't believe in God for a house, but I believe that God wants to give them a house. I'm just going to pray, God, give them a house. I'll use my faith to give them a house. I'm just giving an example. Their prayer won't work because they might not want a house. You know? They might be looking to I don't know, get a, a yacht because they want to go sailing around the world. And so I'm leaving them for a house and they're praying for a yacht. Who does God listen to? Well, obviously God listens to them because uh, it's their lives. I don't have authority in their life. So that's the kind of the concept we need to get across when it comes to praying the prayer of faith. The prayer of faith is limited in its sphere of influence. So, there are various spheres that the prayer faith will always work in. Outside of that, no, it won't. Now, it can work outside of um, praying for somebody else. Let's, let's go back to the people. And I'll just throw out an example. That couple there are praying for a yacht. They want a yacht because they believe the cards call them to go sailing around the world and preach the gospel. I don't know, just bring something out there. And so, I don't have any authority in them, over their sphere. I know about what they're praying about, I can intercede. But if I'm gonna pray the prayer of faith with them, what can happen is I can pray with them in agreement. In other words, they say to me, yeah, we're seeking God for this. Yeah, can you agree with us in prayer? I can then do that, that's Matthew 18, 19. I can pray the prayer of agreement with them. Our Lord said, if two of you agree on earth as touching anything that they ask of the Father, it will be done for them, my Father in heaven. And so that's the prayer of agreement. So it's not they're not in my sphere of authority but i can't pray the prayer of agreement with them even though they're outside of my sphere of authority that then works but i cannot on my own say well i'm going to jump believe you guys uh, believe god for what this in your life and not even tell them about it I even say, as i say because uh, i don't have authority in that area and so i can't pray the prayer of faith outside of that i trust that you understand the concept. The, our first sphere of authority is obviously in our own blinds. The, the prayer of faith will always work for ourselves. When we pray to God on, our, on, our, on behalf of our souls, that prayer will always work. An example we can see is Matthew's Gospel, chapter 9, verse 27 to 30. Scripture says, When Jesus departed from there, two blind men followed him, crying out and saying, Son of David, have mercy on us. And when he had come into the house, the blind man came to him, and Jesus said to them, Do you believe that I'm able to do this? They said to him, Yes, Lord. Then he touched their eyes, saying, According to your faith, be it unto you. And their eyes were opened. And so they prayed for themselves. They wanted Jesus to heal them. Now, obviously, it was the prayer of faith, because Jesus said, According to your faith, let it be be to you. And their eyes were healed. So they were obviously praying in faith. And so the prayer of faith will always work when we pray for our own needs, whatever those needs might be. We'll always get that prayer answered because we have full authority in our own lives. So that's the first sphere. The second sphere that we have authority in is for our children and our parents that we can pray the prayer of faith for as well. Let's look at an example in Scripture along that line, Mark chapter 5. Verse 22 to 42. The scripture says, And behold, one of the rulers of the synagogue came, Jairus by name. And when he saw him, he fell at his feet and begged him earnestly, saying, My little daughter lies at the point of death. Come, lay your hands on her, that she may be healed, and she will live. So Jesus went with him, and a great multitude followed him and thronged him. Verse 35. While he was still speaking, some came from the ruler of the synagogue's house, who said, Your daughter is dead. Why trouble the teacher any further? As soon as Jesus heard the word that was spoken, he said to the ruler of the synagogue, Do not be afraid, only believe. And he permitted permitted no one to follow him except Peter, James, and John, the brother of James. Then he came to the house of the ruler of the synagogue and saw a tumult, and those who wept and wailed loudly. When he came in, he said to them, Why make this commotion of weep? The child is not dead, but sleeping. And they ridiculed him. But when he had put them all outside, he took the father and the mother of the child and those who were with him and entered where the child was lying. Then he took the child by the hand and said to her, Turita kumi, which is translated, Little girl, I say to you, arise. Immediately the girl arose and walked, for she was twelve years of age. And they were overcome with great amazement. And so here we see very clearly that it was Jairus' faith that got his daughter healed. And Jesus acknowledged Jairus' faith. Now the reason that Jesus did that was because the daughter was still under the age of 13. Up to the age of 13, God acknowledges the faith of the parent to pray for the child. And so Jesus needed Jairus' faith intact. So even when his daughter dies, Jesus hears that and says to Jairus, Don't be afraid, only believe. He, he, Jesus needs Jairus to continue to believe because if Jairus had given up at that time, Jesus couldn't have gone in and, and raised the little girl because that was then stepping outside of the authority of her parent who didn't believe anymore. So Jesus needed his faith intact. So what Jesus does is he then, because he Jesus up until this point, he's allowing everybody to follow. But when Jesus, hears the, person, the child has died, well, now he's cuts it. He says, okay, no more people can follow us. And now he's, he's limiting who can go with him because he knows that Jairus' faith is starting to be shaken here because things have gotten worse. And so Jesus doesn't need anybody to negatively affect Jairus' faith. Jesus' faith is fine. He's, his faith is intact, but he needs Jairus' faith to stay intact as well. And so when he gets to the home, he chases everybody out. He just takes the father, and the mother, Peter, James and John with him into the room. Because he needs their faith intact in so that he can perform the miracle. But the point we can get across here is from the point of the sphere of influence, is that Jesus could only work the miracle as long as the parents were believing for the child. But the scripture is very plain to us the child was a child, she was still twelve years old. At the age of 13, the cutoff takes place because then the child dies spiritually. Paul said, I once was alive without the commandment, and the commandment came, sooner by and I died. And so all children at the age of 13, if they've not yet been born again, die spiritually and thus need to be born again. What happens at that point at the age of 13, God says, now you're not a child anymore, you're now an adult in my eyes, and so you need to be able to stand on your own faith. And so the faith of the parents no longer... Uh, can carry the child anymore. Now they have to pray for themselves. I'm talking about Christians now who are believing in God, Christian children who are now adults as far as God's concerned. From age of 13 onwards, um, that God says you're not a child anymore. Your prayer faith should work for you now. And so a parent cannot pray for their teenagers and use their faith and receive on behalf of their teenagers anymore. That prayer, that prayer doesn't work anymore. What prayer will work is the prayer of agreement. Matthew 18, the one that we did, we, we quoted earlier. Where if any two of you agree on a touching anything, they ask that will work. And so the parent can agree with the teenager to pray uh, to God, and God will answer that prayer. But no more can the parent pray, and the the child is not even aware of the prayer being prayed. You know, the child, or the teenager, should I say, they're just carrying on with their life. And, you know, the parent prays in faith and God just answers that. It doesn't work like that anymore. Now, that's to, I mean we're talking specifically around the prayer of faith. We're not talking about all the other prayers, like the prayer of intercession and supplication. All those other prayers God honors, even though the teenager for argument's sake, argument's sake might be in rebellion, they might not be you know, wanting anybody to pray for them. The is praying and interceding, God answers those prayers. But the prayer of faith doesn't work anymore. So in other words, the parent cannot receive on behalf of the teenager. The teenager needs to pray for themselves from there on out. But as I said, the prayer of agreement can work at that, at that point in time. Now God's also not unjust because... If the teenager is in a place where they can't pray the prayer of faith for themselves, for whatever reason, they might be in a, in a weakened state physically because they have become very ill, uh, then God allows the parent to pray the prayer of faith for the, for the teenager. But uh, the point that I want to get across here is that parents can pray the prayer of, prayer of faith for their children up until the age of 13 and that prayer will always work. So just like the prayer of faith will always work for yourself, if you have children under the age of 13, your prayer of faith will always work for your children. Always. Uh, it's just as simple as that. Now, it goes the other way as well, in that children can pray the prayer, prayer of faith for their parents. Now, when I'm saying children, I'm talking from 13 years and older up to 90, 100 years, if your parents are still 140 years old. And so you can pray the prayer of faith on their behalf. Um, we pick up that account in Mark's Gospel, chapter 1, verse 30 and 31. Scripture says, But Simon's wife, wife's mother lay sick with a fever, and they told him about her at once. So he came and took her by the hand and lifted her up, and immediately the fever left her, and she served them. And so Simon and Simon's wife petitioned the Lord on behalf of Simon's mother-in-law. And Jesus answered that prayer. Now, Simon's mother-in-law was lying sick with a fever, so she couldn't go to the Lord herself and pray and say, Lord, won't you heal me? Um, She was too delirious. She couldn't get there. And so her children, which was Simon's uh, wife, her daughter, and her son-in-law prayed on her behalf, and Jesus answered that prayer. And so we can... Pray on behalf of our parents in this point, the passage of scripture we see that God also looks at in-laws in the same category as parents, so parents or parents in-law falls into the same sphere of authority so children can pray from the age of 13 up to whatever age for their parents, the prayer of faith if their parents are unable to pray the prayer, prayer of faith for themselves because of incapacitation for whatever reason that might be So we just want you to get our minds around where this prayer of faith is limited to. So we don't start trying to pray the prayer of faith outside of our sphere of influence, outside of our authority. It doesn't get answered and then we become frustrated. Why didn't you answer that prayer, God? Well, God's trying to tell you, because you don't have authority there. I can't answer that prayer. Um, We need to stay within the spheres given to us by God. Now, that sphere of influence also extends to our siblings. So it extends down from parents to children, extends up from children to parents, and but it also extends sideways to siblings. And we pick up that pas- example in the following passage, John's Gospel, chapter 11, verse 1 to 4. Scripture says, Now a certain man was sick, Lazarus of Bethany, the town of Mary and her sister Martha. It was that Mary who anointed the Lord with fragrant oil and wiped his feet with the hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick therefore the sisters sent to him saying lord behold he whom you love is sick when jesus heard that he said this sickness is not unto death but for the glory of god that the son of god may be glorified through it and so here we have martha and mary praying to the lord jesus on behalf of their brother lazarus now lazarus couldn't pray to the lord himself because he was incapacitated he was sick nearly to death they prayed for him Jesus answers their prayer. Now we know that the way Jesus answered the prayer is that he allowed Lazarus to die because he wanted to raise Lazarus from the dead so that the people could believe that he was the Messiah and that God could be glorified. And that was the purpose of our Lord waiting. But the point that I want to get across here is that Lazarus's brothers, sisters, his siblings, could pray the prayer of faith on his behalf. Why? He was incapacitated. He couldn't pray it for himself. And so... Uh, the prayer of faith does work uh, laterally out to our siblings if they cannot pray the prayer of faith for themselves if they're in a position to pray the prayer of faith for themselves well then I can pray the prayer of agreement with them and then that will work but I cannot pray the prayer of faith uh, on behalf of them in other words they're not going to pray they, they don't want to pray but I'll just pray for them that won't work okay? so we need to understand the balance around that And then there's another sphere of influence that we have. And that is um, with regards to people that work directly for us, our direct subordinates. Uh, That might be um, maids that we have in our homes, um, people that look after our garden service. I'm not talking about outside people that come to the garden. I'm talking about somebody that you employ. Um, um, Employers that have staff working for them. This prayer of faith works down to that level as well because God deems those people to be within your sphere of authority. Because they are. When they're in your home, they fall under your authority. They don't do whatever they want to do. They do what you tell them to do because you're employing them. And so God recognizes that as a sphere of authority. Now you don't have authority in their homes for argument's sake, but you do have authority in their lives per se. Um, and we pick up this account. Matthew's Gospel, chapter 8, verse 5 to 13, to give us an example of how this works. Now, when Jesus had entered Capernaum, a centurion came to him, pleading with him, saying, Lord, my servant is lying at home paralyzed, dreadfully tormented. Verse 13, then Jesus said to the centurion, go your way. As you have believed, so let it be done for you. And his servant was healed at same hour. And so here we see this centurion, praying to the Lord in faith on behalf of his servant. Now his servant was incapacitated, he was nearly dead, and so he couldn't come to the Lord himself and pray. And so I don't even think his servant knew that his master was going to Jesus to uh, ask him to heal. But Jesus acknowledged his authority over his servant, and so Jesus answered his prayer. And so within that sphere as well, we can pray... The prayer of faith on behalf of the individual who cannot pray the prayer of faith for themselves because of a reason like they're so sick they can't you know they're delirious they can't pray they pray themselves so there's still even within that sphere there's certain parameters that still have to be met and then the last uh, sphere which we then can exercise authority And God recognizes our authority um, and therefore allows us to pray the prayer of faith on behalf of individuals that fall within that sphere, is in this area. And that is church elders and the local congregation of that church, they have authority to pray the prayer of faith for certain members in the congregation, not all members. Um, And then even for more mature Christians to pray for Younger Christians um, who they know about and who, who's asked for prayer, they, God recognizes their authority, their sphere of influence, and allows them to pray the prayer of faith on their behalf. Let's pick up the passage of Scripture, James chapter 5, verse 14 and 15. Is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church. And let them pray over him, anointing him with the oil with oil, in the name of the Lord, and the prayer of faith will save the sick or heal the sick. And the Lord will raise him up, and if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. And so in this passage of Scripture, we see here that elders of a church can pray the prayer of faith, very specifically because of the prayer of faith, here, for a fellow believer. Now, this fellow believer uh, would have to fall into one of two categories. They would either have to be um, so sick that they cannot pray the prayer of faith for themselves, like uh, Lazarus was like that when Martha and Mary prayed uh, to the Lord on his behalf, and then the centurion prayed for his servant. So the elders, God uh, is not unjust. He then acknowledges the elders as having authority over that congregation member and they are able to pray the prayer of faith on their behalf and God answers that prayer but it also pertains to a Christian who is a baby Christian and so the elder being the mature Christian and the 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 one who is needing prayer being the weak Christian so it might be that the baby Christian is not so sick that they can't pray the prayer of faith themselves it's just that they are so immature as believers That they can't really believe God for themselves with regards to getting healing. And so the more mature Christian can pray the prayer of faith for them. God acknowledges that and allows that prayer to be made to him, and he then answers that prayer. And so that's another sphere of authority that is available to believers to pray the prayer of faith for others, as long as they fall within the sphere of authority that we've spoken about, and as long as those conditions are being met. Because as I say, if the person is quite capable of praying their own prayer of faith, then God will not allow another Christian to pray the prayer of faith for them. God will allow the prayer of agreement to take place, and then he'll answer that prayer. And so that's why this prayer has limited influence. So I cannot, you with my prayer of faith, pray for the government of the nation that I live in. And so I say, God, I want you to just change the whole government, government, government and put a new government in there is that's going to be completely submissive to you and they're going to govern this nation in accordance with your will. Because that's the word of God. The scripture does say that we should pray for kings and those in authority that we may lead peaceful and godly lives. Because that's the will of God. So I could say, well, that's the will of God. I can now pray the prayer of faith that God will change the whole government of the nation I live in. No, I can't, because that's not my authority. I don't have authority over the whole nation that I live in. And I can petition God, my brothers and sisters in Christ, we can petition God that He will move sovereignly and that He will do something in our governments. But that's not the prayer of faith. Now we're praying interceding, and we're making supplications before the Lord. So we need to just understand that this prayer of faith does have limitations. When I say limitations, it, it, with regards to the sphere of influence where we can pray this prayer. Our own personal lives happens every time. Children, parents, every time. Um, siblings, every time. Um, employees, every time. And members of the church congregation under elders, every time. So that's something we need to understand, and we're end the teaching on that to bring today. Amen.